You know what the message is going to be about today? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Happy New Year's to you all. This is um, my first service with you this year. I watched Zoom, and Pastor Lutus was outstanding. What the Lord had given me for the new year, I passed it on to him, and he followed through with it. I forgot that I had even mentioned that to him when I heard him say he was told. I'm like, but he took it to a great level of height. My God, I was blessed out of my mind listening to his message. And we're going to continue to build on it because it's the word from the Lord for us for 2022. Now, every year the Lord gives us a word, all believers. But whatever he gives me, I give to the body of Christ. And we shout, we rejoice, and we have goose pimples. And we go through all of this when we hear the word for the year. And then we go about our usual business and forget all about what God has said. Amen. When he gives us something, he's given us revelation of what's forthcoming. Amen. Which means you're to hold on to that revelation until you see the manifestation of it. Amen. And also to wait for God to give you the understanding because when he gives us something, we don't quite understand exactly what he is saying. Now, I, I, I told you before, I said, Something I'm going to do that I don't usually do. But I gave the word before New Year's Eve. And that word was, we're in a testing time. And in this testing time, this testing time is for the body of Christ. There's going to be a separation. Because he's weeding out. And he's going to separate the wheat from the tares. You really need to hear what God is saying. We are in some trying, testing times that if you don't hold on to him, but you follow what you hear, you will be separated. Because remember what the Bible says, there's going to be a remnant. All that says yes to the Lord and call out on his name not going to all make it we're in sometimes a hard time that if you don't hold on to the Lord you're going to fall by the wayside and you're going to find out how much the world really means to you because there's only one person who will be there at the end. And all of the things that you put your confidence in, all of the things that you have treasured, all of the things that you use to feed your emotions and your flesh will not be there. And it cannot carry you to the very end. Amen. So we want to enter into this 2022 with 
humility with truth with a hunger and thirst for our Savior and the person that is going to enable you and equip you to stay on that role is called the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the title of our message today is receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit and we're going to just dive into the book of Acts. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we invoke your presence to be with us this, this day. Do a new thing in us. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Lord, don't let the enemy bring distraction where we're thinking thoughts that has nothing to do with what you're trying to speak to our spirits this day. Our minds are on other natural things and not on what you have to say because you can take, come and take and rearrange and fix everything that we've been thinking about and make it better than anything that we could have possibly done with it. Forgive us. Forgive us this day, Lord, for putting flesh above our spirits. Forgive us for doubting, fretting, being anxious over all things when you said, don't be anxious for anything, but give it to you in prayer and supplication and you will let your peace come upon us. Lord, we want to be right in your sight. And I know the only way that it can happen is that we have a fullness of your spirit this day. So we're thanking you in advance, Father, for the change. We will not be the same as we were when we came into 2022. We will not be like we were all through 2021. We want to be a new image in your sight, Father. And we want to hear from heaven so we can draw your kingdom down here on earth as it is in heaven. We will stop playing these games. We will stop operating out of the flesh. We want to rise up to the level that you have been trying to pull us and bring us up to, Father. So kill our flesh with your spirit today as we dive into your word and you give us the revelation that we need. And Father, I thank you for revealing to me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it would be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for all of those who are traveling during this time. Also pray for those who are having health challenges right now. And, and fear has overrode everything that's in their hearts and their minds, thinking the absolute worst when it's a testing time. <laughs> Glory! Wake us up. So we'll learn how to cry out to you every second if it's necessary until we can rise above the situation and declare Jesus is Lord. He's still on the throne. And nothing can bring him off that throne. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, like I said, the title is Receiving the Fullness of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to first uh, chapter 1 of Acts. 
and I'll bear with me because I want to try to accomplish all of this, and we, we're going to be working in two chapters. Amen? It's vitally, vitally important that we have a clear understanding what it actually means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and that we receive it and take advantage of this. This is not a gift that some receive and some don't. Now, I've heard Christians say, well, um, the gift of the Spirit, that's, that, that's, that's not for me. Now, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the fullness. And so you're supposed to receive everything that comes with that package, okay? And so that also includes speaking in tongues, okay? So I pray that your faith will be elevated and, and you will be doing all that the Holy Spirit has for you because it's really, really important. Having the fullness of the Holy Spirit is what's going to elevate your faith to be able to stand in hard times. Amen? So, um, help me, Holy Ghost. Beginning with um, chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 11, and then we're going to go to 2. It says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now, let me just preface something, too, about the book of Acts. It says, the book of Acts contains Jesus, the acts of Jesus carried out after his ascension through the Holy Spirit and establishing the church. What am I saying? That what we're reading, going to be reading about in Acts is how the church and all of the works of what God does was established in the beginning that does not end. It continues to go on because this is what he is expecting from the church. This was the establishment of the church. Okay. So, okay, back to the scriptures. Verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay, I don't know if you got that. Until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, one of the commandments is to go to this upper room to wait for the Holy Spirit. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, in other words, after Jesus' uh, death on the cross and resurrection, there were witnesses there. There were visible human witnesses to prove all of this. All right? So, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus speaking to them. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me. So he tells them that they are to wait in their town, hometown. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So what is he saying? 
I want you to stay in your hometown and wait till I send you the help. The help that you need so that when you go out, you will be equipped to be able to tell people who I am so that they will be saved. Okay? Because he says, for truly John baptized with water. But you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name and by water, you can't get the Holy Ghost. But if you've been baptized by both, you should have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me it's not for me. It is for you. Okay. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Verse 6 says, And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to, of, uh, to Israel? Now, they're so busy, which is what we are today. Um, Lord, what is my gift so I can have the power? You're missing the boat. Have him. He is the power. Lean on, trust on, depend on him. He is the power. And when you do that, he's going to work through you. You are not the gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, he uses you to exercise the gift for unbelievers. Okay. Jesus says unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father hath put in his, his own power. Let me tell you, stop worrying about unnecessary things. Worry about today and how he wants to use you. See, that's our issue. We want to be, go beyond and, and think we're going deep. You're not going deep. You go deep when you learn how to have faith that it seems impossible to have it. It's, it seems like, oh, Lord, how can I make it? But you trust in him, and he gets you through moment by moment. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just get through today. That's deep. He says, but you sh shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come, come in you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all, Ju all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost uh, parts of the earth. So why do we have the Holy Spirit? Because without it, you cannot witness the glory of God. See, you want to have it for all of the wrong reasons. The reasons we have it is for God to be glorified through us and others can see him. That's a power that you can't do through your flesh. That can only be done in the spirit of the Lord and, and, and through your spirit. That means you are so bought into who Jesus is. You are so committed to his way and obeying his ways and doing what he's telling you to do that he magnifies himself through you and he is glorified by your presence. That's the power of God. And because he's being glorified through your presence and magnified through you, People can see who he is and cry out, how can I be saved? People who ask me, how can I be like that? How, 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 how can I know? How, they've never asked me, what must I do to be saved? 
Every person that asked me that question didn't ask me, what must I do to be saved? Because they didn't even know what salvation meant. They wanted to know, how can I get like that? When did that change come? What can I do to get it? Which was an open door to say, you need Jesus to save you. Y'all, come on, come on, come on, come on. You, you, you see, without the Spirit, they don't realize that's a saving grace. Outside of that, they want to know, well, what church you go to? That's all they know. Where's your church? I want to go to your church. What they're really saying is, what you got, I want it. And the only way they can relate to it is by the church. And that's why so many Christians are just church, but not saved. Because the person who was there to open up their eyes to see there is more that I need did not go deeper to say, it's not me. It's the living spirit in me. And let me tell you about him. Now, you're welcome to come to my church, but let me tell you about the Savior. Amen. Because when they come to your church after they've been evangelized by your presence, then they should be coming to be disciple, not to become a church member, but to be disciple in the name of Jesus Christ, flowing in the spirit of the living God. Okay, verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. That's when he ascended up to heaven to sit on the right-hand side of the Father. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Those were two angels. Which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall soon come in like manner as you have seen him to go into heaven. What he is saying, get busy. He left you behind so you can realize his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Because the same Jesus you just saw ascended up in heaven is coming back. And you need to be ready when he comes back. It's called the second advent. When he's coming back to get you as long as you stay connected with him. But if you're not connected, he won't be coming back for you. He'll be coming back to judge you. Amen. Okay, let's go over to chapter 2. The day of Pentecost. Glory. And verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all on one accord in one place. Because they obeyed the command that God had given them. They were not quarreling about, well, did God really say that? Or, well, why did he say it to you? Because he didn't say it to me. You see, this is, this, this is why we have so much trouble in church. Because we let our human emotions take over and not listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Well, I'm, I'm not used to doing things like this because, see, when I was a so-and-so, this is how we did things, you know. That's why there's no power because we're not on one accord. And don't get a rebuke and a correction from the pulpit. I ain't going back there. Who does she think she is? And you can't tell me what to do. Let me tell you something. If the Holy Spirit is in me, and he has to be for me to be an overseer and an under-shepherd, then he is speaking to me and through me. 
And it's your responsibility and obligation to obey what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, you don't have to wonder or speculate where I'm being led by the Spirit. It would be revealed to your spirit if you are in the Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit and not any other spirit. And you won't have a problem following because you are subject to the Holy Spirit. And when you obey him, he will reveal to you the greater so that you will know you're doing just what's right. And it will give you a peace and a joy that no human being can give you. And you won't have no confusion because Satan brings confusion, not the Holy Spirit. Satan brings division. Satan brings all of these things that reap havoc, but not the Holy Spirit. And the moment that you repent, confess, and get right with God, things change completely. Amen? So they were all on one accord. They hearkened to the voice of the Lord, and they came, and they didn't have no excuses. Well, you know, this is my day. I, I don't do stuff after this time. Uh, are they going to have on mask? The list goes on and on and on and on. Help us, Holy Ghost. Verse 2. And suddenly, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Why? Because they were all on one accord. <laughs> it wasn't that one got it and some got it and none didn't. Mm -mm. They were all on one accord. See, that makes the difference. And that's where the real power of the church is. On one, that's why there's only going to be a remnant. And he's separating. He's separating those who are following him and those who are following church leaders who don't follow the doctrine of Jesus Christ. They're following church protocol that was not birthed out of the Bible. They're following men, other stuff. When I say I'm using that generically, that includes women too. But they're not following what the word says. And if you have an under shepherd that you can bring the word to, to bring the show where something's been done wrong and they don't hearken to it, amen. Because that person is looking at Wednesday's class is looking in the mirror of their self. And they can't see nothing else but themselves. But one who's being led by the Spirit of the Lord will examine themselves through the Scripture and will take heed to Scripture. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. You know, the reason why we don't feel that is because we're not all on one accord, okay? But if we were all on one accord and he came in, we would feel that rushing wind. And some people can attest to feeling it individually when you've had a presence with the Lord. Verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as on fire. It's like a divided tongue like as on fire. And it sat upon each of them. It sat upon each of them. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. <laughs> and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation and under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they, that every man heard them speak in his own language. In other words, every, every, every um, nation or every uh, culture of people that spoke a different language were able to hear that language by, because people were speaking in their tongue without being taught and without a learn. See, he, the Lord makes it possible that you can go to another nation and you don't have to know their language and evangelize. Because the Spirit will come upon you and, and, and have you to speak something to the people that they need to know from the, from the Word and their language, and you don't even know their language, will draw them to Him. Verse 7, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? He's like, how do they know our language? And plus, they're not even educated. The Galileans, okay. <laughs> all right. He's, and how hear we every man in our own language or tongue, wherein we were born? Perinthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of the Mesopotamia, Tamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and in Asia and Ferga and all of those countries, okay? Verse 11, Crates and the Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what mean is this? Because you don't understand. It's, it's, you're in a reverential fear of awe, okay? But there were other mockers saying, these men are all full of new wine. But listen to what Peter says. But Peter's standing up because Peter begins to start preaching in this point, okay? And he, he preached the pure gospel. He says, he lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. But these are not because, see, the people, the, the, the Judeans and the people in Jerusalem had the... Um, 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 Oh, what do they call the book? Not before the, the Bible. Torah. So they knew the scriptures, but they didn't know the spirit behind the Torah. So he's like telling them, you already know this. You've, it's been seen. You've heard this and you read this, but now it's being demonstrated before you. Okay? He says, for these are not drunken as you suppose. In other words, they're drunk, but not with the wine like you think. <laughs> they are, they're not drunk with natural wine that have you operating out of your senses and, and, and it's temporary. They are drunken with a spirit of wine that will stay with them forever and allow them to do what they can't do in, in their flesh, but have them to do what they need to do in order. Okay. He says, they're not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is both the third hour of the day, seeing that it's only 9 a.m. in the morning. So I guess the people didn't drink like we do here. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass, oh, 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 but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Okay, so he's, he's, he's saying this was prophesied in the Old Testament. Okay, 
and it's now being manifested, but it's not a manifestation, it's being manifested. What am I saying? If it was just a manifestation, it'd be a one-time event, but it's being manifested, which means this is the beginning of the new wine that's going to continue to keep on working until I come back at the second advent. So you see, it's not for a certain, a certain time, but for certain people. It's for all people until Jesus comes to get us. Okay? He says, um, he says, verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So what is this saying? That his spirit is going to come upon all people. Gender is not a matter. Race, color, size, chronological age, none of that is not a matter. It will come on all people who are open and willing to receive. Okay, I think I wrote some, a note down. The Spirit gives the utterance to all believers. So when we don't receive the utterance, it isn't because he doesn't want us to have it, which would be contrary to his word, but it's due to unbelief and pride. We must be open, accepting, and faith-desiring to receive all that God has for us. I know that's how I got it. I told him when I got saved, I want everything you have. Don't hold nothing back from me. I didn't even know what I was saying, but I, that's what I said, so <laughs> that's the price you pay. <laughs> so he says, I will show you wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and, and the moon into the blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. Now, those things literally are not going to happen, but it appears like that, and we're, I think, in that time right now. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. So they got to see, see Jesus as the Messiah and the Lord, Savior. Amen. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now, it was prophesied about Jesus' persecution and death and the cross by the Romans, but not by the uh, Pharisees, the Jewish uh, priests and leaders. They were totally out of order. It wasn't prophesied that they were going to be doing this, so they had really sinned. But because they were of a covenant people of the Lord, all they had to do was confess and repent and turn, and they would have been saved. Who, verse 24, whom God had raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. So he destroyed those, those birthing pains were destroyed by the pains that he chose to take on our behalf. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the, law, the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be shaken. Another word for move. Therefore did my heart rejoice. Now, David received this revelation. 
Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, that thou should make me full of joy with thy countenance, with thy presence. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. This is, this is Peter talking. That he is both dead and buried, and his sceptral grave is with us until this day. See, Peter is, is telling them what David for, foreseen and prophesied. And he's saying, get your eyes off of David, for David is in his grave. But the one he speaks of defiled the grave. And he's here with us. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. In other words, it was prophesied that Jesus would come in the form of a man and by his flesh will defeat sin and the grave and, and will rise up on the third day. That means that we will not be defeated by sin and by the grave because by that resurrected power of Jesus Christ, so can we rise up out of any given situation when you receive and believe and accept and follow Jesus Christ. Because it's by his life, the one who knew no sin could not sin but took on the punishment for our sin, because he took it on, he has justified us when we don't deserve it and didn't do anything to earn it. He also, by the sprinkling of his blood, sanctified us, and he defiled the grave. And then he says, I'm going to be go to sit on the right hand with the Father. But guess what? After all that I've already done, for you to overcome, and you do overcome it by the words of your mouth and the blood of the lamb, I'm sending you help. I'm sending you a comforter. His name is called the Holy Spirit. I'm sending him back because when he comes, then he will reveal to you what's in my word so at a time of need, you can speak the word of your testimony that will allow you to overcome what I have already overcome. He will remind you about the blood that I shed and what it did for you so you can say, I plead the blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit brings those things back to your remembrance, cause it to come up, flow up out of your mouth to say what has already been written and said and done so that you can walk in the overcoming power that he declared for you. Do you really want to be made whole? Or do you get more pleasure complaining about the situation and the hell that you're facing and living in? Come on, because you can rehearse all of those things to your complexion change, and they don't change because you're rehearsing the hell and the problem. Let's start rehearsing. What did God say about it? I'm in pain, but I am the heal and not the sick. 
I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm not, I'm, I'm not telling you just textbook stuff. I'm telling you what I choose to follow when I read it. At a time of need. God, I'm afraid right now, but I'm not going to walk in this fear because you said you didn't give me this spirit, but you've given me a spirit of power and love. So I declare I will not be afraid. I cast it over onto you. I'm telling you, work the word in your situation so you can come up out of it and not let it overpower you and overtake you. Declare what is written. So the blood can work on your behalf. The blood of Jesus can't work on your behalf when you don't open your mouth and declare what's been done for you. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. 32, this Jesus have God raised up whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received the, of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he have shed forth this with you now see and hear. See, the proof of the Holy Spirit has already been proven when they were in the upper room and, it, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. Okay? But so he says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, that means God was speaking to Jesus, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Glory. Now, if the enemy is, is the footstool of Jesus, what is he to you? If the enemy is the footstool of Jesus, what is he to you, believer? That's your testimony. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I testify that the enemy is under my, I don't have to receive his lies. He torments your mind when he knows what you keep it on. He knows what you think. He knows how you're going to respond. And that's what he does because he's seen it in action. Not because he's all knowing, but because he's seen it in action. But your father in heaven is all knowing. And he immediately will Put your spirit in a way of like, mm, something ain't right. That's why you're having a battle. You're having a battle because the enemy is pulling on what he's accustomed to seeing you do. And the Lord is saying, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. And so you're struggling and you're just discontent and you're in hell all the time when you can come up out of it all by just simply saying, Satan, you're a liar. In the name of Jesus, I declare this. I'm doing this. Get up out of my head. Get up out of that grave. <laughs> Get up out of my head. I refuse to entertain your lies in the name of Jesus because the Lord said I am an overcomer. The Lord said I am the redeemed. I am his darling. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You, I'm telling you, you might say, oh, that's so religious. Yeah, well, just keep talking that dumb stuff. If you want to be overtaken, you have to talk to that spirit. Talk to your soul. Your soul's been operating one way for a long time, and it doesn't know you haven't served notice on it to tell them my heart is in charge. Now it's been changed by the blood of the Lamb. So you got to start telling your soul, settle down, shut up. 
You're no longer in control anymore. I'm not giving you that. I'm not feeding you that. I am not taking you here and there and doing this. I am a new creation in Christ. And because of that, there's a new thing that's going on in my life right now. And that does not include you in the past. I don't go backwards. I move forward reaching for the high calling in the name of Jesus. Those things that are past, they're old. Forget it. Move past it. Stop reflecting on what somebody did to you that's in the past. Move forward. You can't take that mess with you. It's only holding you in captivity. It's keeping you from pressing forward to the high call. You, you want an anointing? You want to be anointed? Well, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to say no to the past. You need to tell Satan, go back to hell where you came from. You need to fight, press to get through. And when you get through, that's the anointing. The anointing is because you pressed to get where God said to go. It ain't because God, oh, I'm anointing you to preach. No, I'm sending you through this hell so you can overcome it and rise above it and understand the revelation of what I've been speaking in this word. Now you are anointed to preach. There's a cost that you got to pay to get where you need to go with God. Are you willing to pay the cost? Because he's with you no matter what. But Satan to take you to hell, convince you that's, that's where you need to go, and when you get there, tell you about how stupid that you went there and put his foot on your neck. Okay, now I'm going to read about the crowd's response to Peter's gospel message. <laughs> 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. I mean, they were convicted. They was cut. <laughs> As Rita say, they were cut. <laughs> See, that's the dividing asunder. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It has to separate your soul from your spirit because your soul is what's broken, bound, and bondage. And it separates it from the spirit so that the spirit can tell the soul what it needs to do. Okay? It says, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, what must I do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. That's for the, the forgiveness of your sin. The remission means that God has forgiven you of your sin, cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Your slate is clean. So even what you've done in the past minute, if you just got saved, it's gone. And he puts it in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. He says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let me read that again because there's an order. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. 
and you shall, and you shall, and you shall, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So stop telling me about, well, the Lord said, this is not for me. I've heard some, some strange stuff from believers. Well, it's just not my time right now. The devil is a liar. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward or crooked generation. Stop following crooked people because they're not saved. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. You see, this says the apostles' doctrine. They say the same thing about Paul. Why? Because it's of Jesus. That's why Paul could boldly say, I follow Jesus so you can follow me. They wasn't preaching some kind of doctrine that they conjured up by their own intellect of understanding. They were preaching what was written in the Torah the word of God, and therefore it became their gospel. Amen? And all that believe were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, the reason they had to do this was because some of the Jews were being uh, persecuted by the government and had had a need of stuff. They had lost stuff. Why? Because once they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they were being persecuted and stripped. Okay? So the, the others who had sold what they felt was extra that they didn't need in order to supply the the need for those who were without to keep them going in the right direction and to be encouraged in the Lord. You know, that, that this thing like um, just have faith in God and somebody is in a dire need and that's all you got to say. But you do have some means that can help the situation so that they can see Jesus in order to have faith in him. Okay, I know that went all over your heads. 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their, their meat or their food with gladness and single-mindedness of heart. That means with simplicity because the gospel and Jesus Christ puts things very simple. Man tries to make it so deep and so intellectual that you can't understand it. The gospel is a simple message. That's why children hear it and can get saved. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, were being saved, such as who were being saved. Now, listen, they were all on one accord. They were all about helping and equipping each other. They were single-minded in heart. They had one faith, one God, one baptism, one Holy Spirit, okay? And they were praising and thanking God for everything. That's why. People were getting saved. And so they, by getting saved, they were adding to the church daily. Amen? 
Okay, let me see. I had some notes. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I, what I said in verses 6 and 8, let's go back over to that so that it makes sense when I start talking about that. In verses 6, 6 through 8, it says, Now when this was, was noised abroad, remember the multitude came together and were confounded because they were every man heard their own language. This is when they began to speak in tongues. I said the proof of the power of God was not vain babbling. It was a real language. See, if they were just babbling, nobody could relate to what they were saying. Then that would be vain babbling. But because what they were saying, people of other language understood it because God wanted them to get the gospel, but they couldn't get it without hearing it in their own language. That was proof of the power of the Holy Ghost had come and come upon people where they could speak in a language that they did not know or was not learned for some other language of people to understand it and be hear the gospel and get saved. That's the whole tent. Speaking in tongues is not to make you look good or just babbling off your mouth. It is to speak out the oracles of God so people can be saved and changed. Signs, wonders, miracles are to follow the believers because they're for unbelievers in order for them to come to Jesus Christ. Okay, in, um, in, in verse 24, when it talked about how whom God had raised up Jesus from the dead and loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. It says, death couldn't hold Jesus because he had taken away its legal rights. His atonement for all sin which defeated death, Satan, and all principalities and powers. Do y'all realize that? So stop that superstition conversation. Superstition signs and fable sayings, which we're so good at, our race of people. And it does not come from the Lord. Like, I'm going to give you a couple examples. Like, Let's first start out with, with the Christmas thing. Uh, you got to take all of your Christmas decoration down before New Year's. And, and the first person that enter your house has to be a male. And, 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 and your, your, your meal is black-eyed peas, pigs, and greens, and all of this stuff so that you can have good luck. I am so thankful for a mother that was ahead of her times, because she, she used to say, I'm not cooking chitlins and stuff. She says, we're not eating that mess. I'm not going to be rooting like a hog all year long and only have pennies, because she thought black eyed peas represent, didn't represent money. It represented pennies to her. So we got prime rib and cabbage and stuff like that. She said, we're going to. I mean, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about all them superstition things and, 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 and you follow through with it re religiously but what good has come up out of that? You think you have avoided some stuff all the hell you go through in life, what did you avoid? Because as long as we're living and breathing we're going to be going through stuff. God's signs, wonders and miracles produces life and they're never a threat. Amen? If you leave your Christmas decorations up until February, and nothing is going to happen except your bill may be high if you keep turning them on. <laughs> but that's it, okay? Okay, um, 
verse 33. I'm, I'm going back because I had some notes and I didn't go over them at the time I was reading the scripture. And 33, it says, Therefore, being the right hand of God exalted and having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed, shed forth this which you now see and hear. And so now that they were filled in from, you know, up in the upper room, they had proof of the Holy Ghost. And what happens when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get an understanding and revelation of the word that you did not have prior to. Because he comes to reveal God's ways, God's truths, God's promises to us without the power of the Holy Ghost. You don't understand and you don't know. Amen. So, so if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, then don't tell me about what God said to you. You don't know who's talking to you without the Holy Ghost. And then, and then going along with every little thing that come up in your head and making it the law. And it doesn't even line up with the Bible. For, for instance... When they say, and uh, the Bible will tell us that we have to obey all the authority of the world. So how many believe that? Raise your hand. Because it says, except for when it's out of line with God's morals and truth. Okay. You need, so you, if you're reading the Bible, you need to have a great understanding because it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Oh, that's what I didn't tell you. Guess what? Uh, <laughs> the coming of the Holy Spirit was predicted in the Old Testament. Okay? I'm going to go over there real quickly and do these scriptures. Uh, let's go over, first of all, to Isaiah 9. So when you want to say that this, that's some new stuff. Isaiah 28, and it's verses 9 through 12. Isaiah 28, and verses 9 through 12. Isaiah 28. Whom shall, be whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to, to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they will not hear. So, without the Holy Spirit... You can't rightly divide the word and you don't understand the revelation of the word. You can have the letter of the word, but if you don't have the spirit of the word, you don't know what God is speaking. Amen. Uh, well, Mark 16, 17, we, we kind of all know that one, right? That uh, Jesus gives them uh, instructions about what they're supposed to do in his name. Mark 16, verse 17, he says, And these signs, this is Jesus speaking, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Okay? Um, John 15. I like to give other kind of scriptures so 
you don't think is my interpretation. John 15, 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. You see, the Holy Spirit brings truth. So anything you get out of this word is truth. Some other book, it's a whole different ball game. So when, and when you read this book and you get a clear understanding and it lines up, you know the Holy Spirit is speaking through you and to you. Amen? Uh, John 16, 13. It says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And he's hearing from the Lord, from God. So he only speaks what God is telling him to speak. He's not speaking on his behalf. Amen? So speaking with other tongues is a gift, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Lord through the Holy Spirit. It is nothing spooky. It is not unclean. And just like every other gift that we can have, the pastor, missionary, uh, 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 healings, whatever, it can be perverted in a demonic way, so can tongues. Everything can be perverted because Satan comes as a counterfeiter. But it does come, those gifts come from heaven to be used here on earth in order for Men to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, not to make you have a big head or think you've got it going on. The spiritual gifts are not for you. The spiritual gifts are given to you for men. And I mean that generically. Amen? And also, it's a constant thing. So, you, uh, you know, you can ask God to fill you all the time. Because he comes upon us so that we can do a service that we can't do. And, and you need to be asking because he's, he's truth and wisdom. So that we can walk and operate accordingly that is pleasing unto the Lord and not, not looking unto man to be pleased, but unto the Lord. Because if we please him, then everybody else would be at peace. Amen. So we need to get our eyes on that's the prize. And so anyone that have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit with his full infilling, um, let me put it this way. Think of a um, skeleton like on an x-ray. And so when you look on the x-ray, right in the heart, you see this black dot where the Holy Spirit came into your heart when you invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Okay, so he came into your heart immediately uh, when you asked Jesus to be your Savior, and I received you as my Lord and Savior. Then you asked the Holy Spirit to come in and to fill you with his presence, and that dot begins to spread like dye, and it goes all through your whole body. Amen? That's the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you want to have in order 
not just for the power of the gifts, but just for you to live a Christian life the way you need to and to be in tune to his voice, whether he's speaking it through someone directly to you or by a sign. You will have clarity. You will know. And, and if you're in doubt, he will send you three witnesses to confirm it. Amen. I don't know if everyone has invited the Holy Spirit to come and live in them and fill them, baptize them in his spirit. And if you are saved, then you have the privilege and the opportunity to do that without doubt, without uh, wrong understanding based on some bad teaching wrong doctrine that you received in the past so you have an opportunity today as a born-again believer who's been watered baptized to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and fill you so that you can walk in his presence walk in the righteousness that he marked you with walk in truth and walk in wisdom just by praying the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want every gift you have. I thank you for the gift of salvation. Now I'm asking you to fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflow. I want all that you have and I want to walk in my Christian life by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for baptizing me and filling me with your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, the fast starts tomorrow. It's a 21-day Daniel fast. And um, like they said, there are materials in the uh, spindle out there if you don't quite understand what entails with the Daniel fast. But we're fasting first and foremost every year the church fasts to find out what God has in store for us as believers. And then the other part of your deliverance and all of that can be inclusive in that. But we really want to be on board with what God's plans are for this year. Amen. Okay, for the benediction. And I wanted to do this one to start your year off with the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly father so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. And be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you, give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. 
the Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. And when you leave here, tell somebody about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>